welcome to this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. Let's begin with our first question, which comes from Winifred. Over to you, Winifred. Hi, I'm called Winifred and I'm six and a third years old. And I'm from England, and I like to draw and write. And my question is, how is magic made? Thank you, Molly. Hi, Winifred. It's wonderful to know you like writing. I love it too. I like putting my thoughts and feelings down on paper and sometimes inventing new people and worlds. Somehow it always makes me feel better and creating something that didn't exist before is always a great feeling. So keep it up. I wonder what you like to write about. Hmm. Well, this is a great question about magic and thank you for asking it. I've asked the brilliant author Sophie Dahl to answer this one. Sophie writes books for grown-ups and children and she also has a pet tortoise. So she's been on the pod once before answering the question, why are tortoises so slow? So do scroll back for that one after listening to this episode. Now, Sophie has a new children's book that has just come out called Madame Badoobidar and the Old Bones. It's full of dinosaurs, magic, adventures, and it's about a friendship between a wonderful lady called Madame Badoobidar and her small, curious friend Mabel, who wants to go on an adventure. They both love magic and the book is filled with it. So I thought Sophie would be the perfect person to answer this question. Over to you, Sophie Dahl. Hi Winifred, this is Sophie Dahl and I want to answer your really brilliant question. Different people will have different answers to this one, but I think magic exists and is made all around us. For me, it's created by lots of forces, those in the natural world, the elements, by our friends, the animals and insects, the arachnids. Have you ever watched a spider make an intricate, lacy spider web? It's utterly, incredibly magical. Or sat under a sunset where the sky looks like it's been spray-painted by angels. You know when you're in the garden and see a bright flower poking its head out of the hard ground after a bitterly cold winter? All this, to me, feels like the work of magic at play. It's the same thing when someone writes a beautiful song or story or plays a breathtaking game of football that makes a bunch of people that don't know each other feel connected. That's a sort of magic too. I think magic happens all around us in many ancient, sacred ways. Some that we can't see or explain, some that we can. But we can definitely feel it when it's happening. That lovely, delicious, fizzy feeling. Something magic is going to happen today. I can feel it in my bones. Magic is made in you and around you all the time. I hope that answers your question. Oh, thanks, Sophie. What a fantastic answer. I agree with you that magic is everywhere, all around us, and exists inside us too. I am sure something magical is going to happen to every one of us today. I wonder what it will be. If you would like to win a copy of Sophie's new book, we have one to win. 
All you have to do is make a wish, and then, I know you don't usually tell people their wishes, but this time we're making an exception. Just ask a grown-up to borrow their phone, and then say your name, your age, and tell me your wish. And then send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk, and one lucky wisher will win a copy of Sophie's new book, Madame Badoobada and the Old Bones. You're going to love it, so get recording your wish. You can press pause now if you like. Think of a wish and record it on a grown-up's phone and send it in. Molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk Now, I love the ending to Sophie's book. It's kind of why I like making this podcast, because I love encouraging children to be curious, which of course they all are, unlike some boring grown-ups. I think the more curious you are, the more adventurous your life will be. And I do love an adventure. Here's the end of the book. A long time ago, the pilot, Amelia Earhart, said adventure is worthwhile in itself. She was right. I know that there are untold worlds to discover if we just keep our eyes sharp and our hearts open. I'm ready. That's the end of the book. So, get wishing and entering our competition. Brilliant. I hope that answers your question, Winifred, and thank you so much for sending it in. And a huge thank you to Sophie Dahl for your magical answer. Our next question is a funny little creature that flies and likes to hang upside down. I went to a temple filled with bats here in Bali on the way to the beach. And my son and I watched as there was a big ceremony all over the temple. And we snuck in and we watched the bats hanging upside down. And we wondered why they were doing it. So I was thrilled when last weekend I had a really fun event at my local bookshop here in Bali. I am lucky enough to live up the road from a children's bookshop. It's called Sea Chessel Bookshop, and the children at the shop asked me a question about bats. Here they are. everyone in Ubud for such a fab question. Well, bats cannot run, so it's a little hard for them to take off and fly from the ground. Hanging upside down from your feet is really helpful to bats because they then don't need to take off to fly. They just let go with their feet and drop out of bed, open their wings and off they fly. If they're hanging upside down, then that way they're ready to fly whenever they feel like catching an insect out of the sky or going off to get a lovely drink of water or escaping a predator. Hanging upside down in hard to reach places is also a really good way to dodge predators as you're pretty much out of reach to a lot of animals. Although in the temple where I saw lots of bats, they also get snakes sneaking up to try to catch the bats. Bats find it easy to hang upside down. Unlike you or me trying to hang upside down by our toes from a monkey bar, it's kind of easy for bats. Bats have long, light bones that they find it hard to stand on. And they also have skin spread between their long fingers and ankles, which is good for flying, but again, makes it hard to sit or stand. So actually, dangling from their toes while grasping their perch with their claws makes life easier. It means taking off and flying is pretty much effortless for a bat. So that is why bats hang upside down. I hope that answers your question, everyone who asked me here in Ubud in Bali. And thank you for asking me the question.
And now it's time for a third question from Ren about something you find at the beach here in Bali, sort of, but you can buy it as a toy. It's about sand, a very special kind of sand called kinetic sand. Over to Ren. Hi, my name is Ren. I'm six years old and I love dinosaurs and learning about science. My question is, how does kinetic sand work? Hi, Ren. Thanks for sending me your question. It's great to hear that you love dinosaurs. Which is your favourite? I kind of like the Brontosaurus. It seems like a gentle one, although who knows if it really was. Kinetic sand is good fun to play with. We've got a box of it at home in England. It looks like normal sand, but it sticks together so you can make shapes out of it. It feels really quite weird. Kinetic means involving or producing movement. It's not the same as sand at the beach. When we talk about kinetic sand, we're talking about a special sand where the grains stick together when you squeeze or squash it. Unlike at the beach where it crumbles apart unless it's wet, packed into a sandcastle or a cool shape. We made a giant mountagung on the beach the other day. That is the volcano here in Bali. That was fun to make. So anyway, how does kinetic sand work? Well, it's normal sand that's been coated with silicone oil. Silicon is a chemical element with the symbol SI in the periodic table. When we talk about silicon, we're talking about a group of materials that contain the elements silicon and oxygen. Silicons are called polymers. That's a complicated word. P-O-L-Y-M-E-R. Polymer, which is a fancy name for molecules which are made of long chains of repeated units. A bit like if you think of a train track where every rung on the track is the same, polymers are like that. Silicons exist in long chains with the arrangement of molecules the same over and over and over again. Because silicon compounds exist as polymers, it makes them really good in lots of products like they're in makeup and shampoo. And silicon oils are special. They can be liquids that can flow or half solids that flow freely without forces applied or like rubbery solids under stress. This last one, scientists called viscoelasticity, which means being both viscous, which is thick and sticky, and elastic, which means stretchy. The amount of viscoelasticity a substance has depends on how long the polymer chains are in the silicon oil. The longer the polymer chains, the better they will hold their shape, but they will flatten out over time. This is so complicated, but let's think about kinetic sand. In kinetic sand, the polymer chains in the silicone oil make the sand particles stick together, so you can squeeze them into lots of shapes. Again though, because of the polymer chains, the kinetic sand will eventually lose its shape. What's really fun about kinetic sand is it's quite easy to clear up. I mean quite, and we quite often have it all over the kitchen table and dropped on the floor. Well, the reason why you can clear it up kind of easily, more easily than beach sand, is because the silicon oil coated sand particles only stick to each other, not to surfaces. So that's why it doesn't seem sticky. It only sticks to each other. And there we have it. That's how kinetic sand works. I hope that wasn't too complicated, everyone. It's a great question, Ren, and I hope you love playing with your kinetic sand. Thank you for sending me your question. 
Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the amazing writer Sophie Dahl for explaining to us all about magic that exists in nature around us and also within us. I wish you all a magical day and I want you to get wishing and tell me your wishes and email them into me for the chance to win a copy of Sophie's new book. Also, a big thank you to Winifred, Ren, and all the children I met in my local Ubud Bali bookshop for this week's questions. And remember, if you have a question you would like answered, just record your name, your age, a bit about yourself, and ask me your question, and get your grown-up to send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. There's more info about how to do it on the show's website, everythingunderthesun.co.uk, or mollyoldfield.com. The paperback of my latest book, Everything Under the Sun, filled with all of your questions, is the most perfect Christmas present. So if you've got any friends who you need to get a Prezi for, get shopping. Go get them a copy of Everything Under the Sun, because I think they're going to like it. It's really beautiful, full of drawings and curiosity, and may lead to some adventures. Get it in your nearest beautiful bookshop or online. Have a wonderful week filled with magic and dreams and maybe some kinetic sand or a bat. I'll be back next week answering more curious questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. And of course, wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you and goodbye.